Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler. And this week, we are going to be talking about communication. Um, We're going to have a conversation about communication. And to do that, I have brought on, I'm going to actually let them introduce themselves, but these are two amazing nannies and resources for the nanny world. So Becky, if you will introduce yourself first, please. Absolutely. I am Becky Cavanaugh. Um, My nanny journey uh, started in 1989 and I came from teaching preschool and in a childcare center and I was an assistant director. And then I got this great nanny job that lasted 21 years. Mm. Um, And then I had a couple of other jobs after that as well. And now I've kind of um, semi-retired, retired from nannying, but I'm, once you're a nanny, you're always a nanny. So I do things in the nanny industry and uh, love supporting me. Yes, completely agree. I I feel like once you're a nanny, (laughs) you're always a nanny. Um, We carry around those kids in our hearts, especially. Um, Wonderful. All right, Glenda, if you will introduce yourself. Hi, I am Glenda Probst, and I was a nanny for 31 years. 23 of those years, I was with the same family. Um. And I started my nanny journey in 1985. And ironically, um, my story is a little like Becky's. I was a child care center director. Uh, I was assistant director and then a director for nine years. And then I left and I went to a nanny training program. And um, I was with my first family for eight years and my second family for 23 years. And in 2015, I thought I was going to retire, but I was wrong because after I left my first family, um, I discovered my, I discovered how hard it was to leave a family. And I developed a workshop called Nanny Transitions. And um, so now I, I do a lot with nannies who are leaving families and the grief that they're dealing with. And so um, I, I just can't seem to leave this profession. I think that, um, As a seasoned nanny, Becky, as seasoned nannies, Becky and I both are very in sync with our thoughts, with our thought process and our goals and our visions. And um, so I do a lot of work with Becky in continuing to educate nannies and support and encourage them. So I'm just happy to be here today. Thank you. Yes. And please, listeners, do go back and listen to Glenda's other episode about nanny transitions. I um, listen to it every time I make a transition as a nanny and it is so helpful in, in working through a lot of what comes up during transitions. Cause you know, they're easy ones and hard ones. And um, it's, it's helpful to have uh, Glenda and Becky helping through that. <laughs> Um, well, great today though, we are talking about communication and (laughs) I, uh, talk all the time on the podcast about 
how important communication is. So I, I'm really excited for this episode because we're kind of going to break it down into different components and like take it apart and put it back together. Um, so to start off with, uh, Becky, what are some of the like foundation, the foundational elements of communication? Yeah, there, there are a few, but I think the number one thing is any kind of relationship you have it has to be based in, there's got to be communication based in it. Right. Just think about it. Your family, your friends. If you didn't have good communication with them, it would be a very struggling kind of relationship. And so most of us would really love to have an excellent relationship with our employee employers. Um, so families deserve our attention toward communication. And some families need to be some parents need a little bit of teaching on how to do that. And we can be an example um, yeah. to get people started. So it's critical that you have it and it starts from the beginning. And I know Glenda is really hot on this. I know she loves talking about start out right. Yeah, Glenda, how can we start it out? Well, I believe that you, you are building a relationship from the very first interview. And so that's when you start to lay the groundwork for good communication. And you started in the interview because you asked the hard questions. In the interview process, you ask the hard questions. You follow up on things you're not clear about, things that you want clarified. You, When you leave that interview, you have a really solid idea of what the expectations of this job are going to be. And when you ask the hard questions in an interview, it's just a question. But once you take the job and then something hard comes up, it's, it's more difficult because then it's not a question, it's an issue. And issues are connected to your emotions. So, you know, if you, if you do the hard part first and you get the groundwork laid first, then when those things come up, you've already got that communication established and it helps you to move forward and it strengthens your relationship. Yeah, I completely agree. It is so hard um, when you haven't set the tone from the beginning to like then be like, especially if something comes up quickly <laughs> into your nanny mm-hmm. uh, journey with a family and you're like, oh no, what have I done? Um, so I agree that really starting with that first interview is, is such a good point. Um, so yeah, let's, let's move on to um, communication. Like how, what's the f- best like frequency of like really focusing in on communicating with a family. Becky, I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay. Um, I think it has to be daily. Honestly, I do. And it doesn't have to mean that you have a sit down chat for, you know, five minutes or half an hour or something. That would be too much. But honestly, most of us have set up some kind of a system. You have logs, you use an app, you text, whatever. But all of that's an opportunity to communicate every day because those little things, like Linda was saying, those, those little things that we have to chat about that aren't big are how you are able to talk about something hard, something big, something major. So really, if you set up this rhythm of communicating every day in whatever manner that works best for you and the family, and then you do that consistently, it's just going to be so much easier when you do have a face-to-face, which you do need to do. You need right. to do that for a performance review or just checking in every once in a while, every few months, you want to have a sit down and really face-to-face talk to them. Um, I was really fortunate in my position where I had a face-to-face with them like almost every day because both the parents work different shifts and different schedules. So I'd chat with dad at one point and I'm chatting with mom at one point and I would say, and we kept a log as well. 
And I would say things like, you know, we had this little thing that happened. Here's what I did to take care of it. I'm just telling you so you know. You don't need to do anything. You just know. And it just became a flow of conversation. So when we did have something big that we all needed to discuss, there wasn't that weirdness that happens. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, I got to talk to somebody. That wasn't there because we had done the daily practice. Yeah. And Glenda, do you have any ideas for a nanny who is who is listening to this and is like, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> but like right now that's not happening. How can a nanny start moving their nanny family toward more like daily check-ins? Well, you know, communication is like a muscle mm -hmm. and you build it. You know, if you don't, if you don't use your muscles, you don't build them and they get weak. But if you build your communication, it gets stronger. And so, you know, one of the things that I think that you can do is just model it, demonstrate it, show it to your employers, you know, um, start communicating, start doing those daily check-ins, start doing those messages, those emails, those texts, whatever, you know, whatever you feel like is best for you, start to do it. And hopefully they will reciprocate and work at it. And then, you know, you can lay that foundation for that communication. And then when you do have, because hopefully you do have meetings set up every few months or so where you talk about things, then you can move into that and say, I hope you've noticed how I've been working on communicating better with you. Or you could even, you know, you could even just state it when you start doing it. You know, I've been thinking, I really like for us to build our communication. So these are the things that I'm going to start to do and let's see how they work. And maybe you've got ideas, but you know, one of the things that I think we have to remember, especially when we are working for new parents is that as experienced professionals, it really is part of our job to show them what works and to show them what work, you know, doesn't work and to set the example for what that relationship and that communication should look like. Right. Do you have, um, like, let's say an, a nanny is, unsure like what is there one small thing that a nanny can start to do and I loved your idea about like starting down the path and then bringing it up at those monthly meetings but what is one small thing a nanny can do if they're feeling overwhelmed at just like oh I have to be better about communicating like where's a good place to like just start with that well, um, I have to tell you that I, did, I wasn't working in the days of the apps, okay? Right, right. Our communication method was um, a yellow legal pad that we kept on the counter that we wrote notes in or just a notebook that we wrote notes back and forth to each other in. So, you know, maybe a good, if you're going to use an app, maybe if that's what, if that's going to be, you know, your mode of communication, then start using an app, mm -hmm. you know, say, Hey, I'm downloading this app so we can have better communication. And, you know, I hope you'll use it too. Now, you know, sometimes your employers might not want to do something like that. They might want not want to do like a calendar, like on an app because they have at work, they have a work calendar that they have to keep up with. It's on their phone or on their computer or whatever. So you might have to go old school and just get a, a notebook and start writing things down and, you know, start it that way and see how it works. But everybody has to figure out the method that works for them best. And the other thing the nanny could do is go to the parents and say, you know, I want to, I want to have better communication with you. You know, do you think this would work? Do you think which, what, what would work better for you? Do you want me to send you an email? Do you want me to keep a log? Do you want me to download an app? So that it's kind of a group effort, you know, right. Um, and see how the parents respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that 
if you all, you know, leaving that door open <laughs> through communication of saying, you know, like, I'd love to try this for two weeks and, you know, then we can kind of touch base about if it's working for us or not, something along those lines. If, um, if you're feeling overwhelmed about starting down that journey. Yes. And, and, you know, I, I think that for me, one of the things was I had to do was that if my employers weren't receptive to it, but it was helpful to me, mm-hmm. then I did it for myself. Yes. You know? Yes. It, that does and, make a lot of sense. You know, so, you, so if your employers are not receptive, just do what's best for you and do what work, works best for you. And if it helps you to download the app and to keep track of things, then do it that way. And then if you, you know, if, or if they prefer that you do it on a notebook and, and you prefer to do it on the app, do it on the app and then transfer it to the notebook. I mean, you know, one of the things we have to remember is that communication is, is you can do it a lot of different ways. So do it the way that it works for you and it into your relationship with your employers. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And then when you have like, let's say nannies are listening and they are already like feeling really good about communication or um, nannies are listening and they, they start to make these changes. What are some of like the benefits of, uh, of the, the parents and the nanny communicating better, Becky? Well, I think number one, you're going to feel better about your job for sure. Right. And they're going to feel better about you. But I also think you're making example to the children. I mean, we teach them to communicate appropriately with us and with other people. And now they see that their parents are communicating with you and you're communicating with them. They, they're noticing that. So that's a huge benefit. And I, I actually think that when you do then have a hard conversation, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. I also wanted to mention that, and, and Glenda said it a couple of times, you did too. Both of you came from the thing of, I have this that I want to try. I have this that I think is important to me. Um, when you communicate with someone else, whether it's an easy conversation or a difficult conversation, if you come from yourself, it's less threatening. Right. Those I statements. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And for any nannies listening who um, are hearing that and being like, what? Um, listen to the nonviolent communication episode. I'll link it in the show notes. But that nonviolent communication starts from I statements and it is um, it has completely changed the way that I communicate um, for the better. So if communication feels overwhelming to you, that's a really another good episode to go listen to as well. Um, yeah, I, I also think that, um, I, you know, I see a lot of the nannies posting on the, the nanny boards about, um, you know, like you said no, and then parents swoop in and say yes. I imagine that having a, a stronger communication foundation with the parents would help with that. What do you think, Glenda? Well, I, I agree. And I also, but I also think that as nannies, we have to remember that sometimes if it, even though it may not be okay with us, if it's okay with the parents and they're with the child, you know, you can teach a child, you cannot do that with me. Right. If your parents let you do it and you know, when they're with you, that's okay. It's just that when you're with me, I, you know, you don't get to do that. And I think that that is, is perfectly fine. Because I think that um, I could give you an example like candy. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes parents like to give their children candy for rewards or just because or for whatever reason. Right. And if a parent wants to give their child candy, they can. They're the parent and they can make that decision. Mm-hmm. But a nanny really should be modeling good eating, good health, 
you know, so a nanny really shouldn't be giving her kids, the kids she takes care of candy. But if the parents want to do it, that's their choice. Right. So, you know, I, I do think that sometimes the parents can do things that the nanny doesn't necessarily get to do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think that the nanny has to remember that they're the parents. Right. And that she has to respect their right to be the parents. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, one of my nanny families that I've worked with, we... <laughs> We called it um, kabooming each other, which is uh, where like one of the caregivers, because, you know, when you're all in the same house, if you're working with work from home or, you know, during quarantine, everyone was home where uh, one of the caregivers accidentally says something that like changes the plans <laughs> for the other caregiver. So it can happen, you know, on the parents side or on the uh, nanny side of like, oh, it's a really sunny day. Like the park would be great. And like, or like why, you know, the beach would be great today. And it's like the nanny sitting there thinking like, I didn't bring my bathing suit. I don't have like my sunscreen, all of this stuff. So I also think that um, it was, it was nice that we had this term because then the parent in this family would like turn to me and be like, I just kaboomed you, didn't I? <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, we're working out. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that as a, as a way of like uh, saying that like, even when there are like these little disturbances, like humor goes a long way and like- A long yes. way. Yes, <laughs> a long definitely. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and you know, when, as Becky said a few minutes ago, when the parents and the nannies practice good communication, the children see that. Mm -hmm. The children see that respect and they see that connection and they see that interaction. And when everybody's on the same page, the issues can be handled with confidence, you know, and it gives children the security to know that there are rules you know, children get a lot of their security just by knowing what's going to happen next, what their schedule is, who's going to be there, who's going to be with them, what they're going to be doing. And rules are one of the way, rules and boundaries are one of the ways that children, we provide children consistency because they know that if you say something to them, you mean it. Right. Yeah, that. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anything that you wanted to add, Becky? No, but I love that. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, love it. Yeah. I'm also curious about um, when parents ask for your advice as the nanny, which can feel both lovely <laughs> because they, you know, have confidence in you as a, as a professional and it can also sometimes feel really overwhelming. So Becky, why don't you start us off with like when, when a parent asks you for advice? Yeah. I mean, you're right. You can feel like, Ooh, great. Ooh, now the pressure's on. Um, but sometimes they just need another point of view. They also know you have more experience, so they are going to come to you for things. Um, and I think that it's really nice to be able to share. But again, I think you need to come from something where it says, in my experience, this is what I think is happening, or I've observed, da da da, um, or I've done some research, and here's what I found. Again, yes. leaving it back to them to say, as Glenda said, they're the parents, they will make the decision. So they're asking for your input but not for you to tell them what to do. Right, right. That's a difference. That's a huge difference. I also have even used the technique with parents of saying, do you want me to hold space for you? Or mm. do you want me to help problem solve? Um, Good. Which, yeah. you know, I, I think you do have to have a really good foundation to ask that question. But I, 
I have, you know, because sometimes parents like really just need to kind of blow off steam about something. And you as a caregiver, like totally understand what is happening. Um, and so sometimes they just want you to hold space, but yeah. sometimes they do actually want your advice, but knowing going into how you respond, which one they're looking for is so helpful. Definitely. And there's another one. Yeah. It's I am Switzerland. You know, when, when one or the other of the parents, when the parents don't agree on something mm-hmm. and they come to you and say, well, you know, my husband said this, but I think this, but, so what do you think? Mm-hmm. I am Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I am Switzerland. Or I am the neutral zone. Yes, yes. because you can't, you know, because you can come in, you know, you can encounter parents that will do that to you, that will try to put you in the middle of, you know, who's wrong or who's right. And in that situation, you, as you said before, you can gather information for them Mm -hmm. and you can give it to them. And then you can allow them to make an educated decision on the information that you've given them. Right. But it's not fair when they put you in the position to make the call which can sometimes happen. It can. And it is, that's like terrifying because then if it breaks bad, then they, they, you know, get to blame you in their heads, which is not a position you want to be in. Right. Especially whenever you, you have a different opinion from either of them. Right. (laughs) Yes. Then it's like ever, you know, they're, they're against you, which is not the position you want to be in. So I love that. And I think that that's back to that humor. Like I am Switzerland is a great way to like, in a, in a kind yet firm way, say like, no, no, thank you. Right. Right. Um, and it works. Yeah. It, does work. it works on big things too. I, my, the family that I work with, they went through a divorce and we had that little back and forth petty things. And I just said, I'm here for your children. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm Switzerland. I'm the neutral zone. I'm not in this. And, and they totally backed off because there was no, there was never going to be a good way to get around that ever. Right. So I don't need to be there. I'm just going to support you in taking care of these children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That is. What about good. Oh, what about nannies uh who offer unsolicited advice? Um, or really any, I mean, you know, anyone, in-laws or other nannies at the park or other parents at the park or whatever. But like uh, just Glenda, if you can touch on unsolicited advice in general, that would be great. Oh, you know, I'm the queen of that. <laughs> I'm the queen of unsolicited advice. So yeah, I'm good person to answer that. But um, always ask, you know, if they want your thoughts, do you, do you want, like you said a while ago, do you want me to hold space for you or do you want me to do research? You know, you have to say, what do you, what do you want from me? What do you, you know, um, because sometimes parents don't know and other times they think they know but they just want confirmation of what they know and I think that it's really important for you to always be sure of what you're going to say and not just open your mouth and speak on an impulse I, I think it's important for a nanny to be able to find her voice when it's necessary but I think that when she uses her voice, she needs to be really sure that she what she's saying is the right thing and she's saying it in the right way. And that requires thought and sometimes research, sometimes advice from someone else. But, you know, you just have to tread softly, especially if it's a new relationship, it's a new family, it's a new parent, you have to tread softly. So you really have to think before you open your mouth to offer unsolicited advice. Yeah. 
I am curious about like, what if the nanny sees something like, I think car seat safety comes to my mind of like something that is actually potentially unsafe, which I think transitions us nicely into like harder conversations, but how can a nanny in a respectful way bring up something that they have observed that is unsafe in a way that the parent can actually hear it? Uh, Becky, I, I would love if you would take this one. Yeah, I, I think that's the one safety related issues are probably the one time when you might need to step in a little more firmly than you would normally. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you go from that again, back to those I statements, like mm -hmm. I know this because either you've taken a workshop or a training or you have the information, but you know, my job is to take care of those children and keep them safe. And I know that's your priority. Mm -hmm. So this, you know, setup that you have for the car seat isn't the, you know, the most safe. We can, should we look at what other options are? Get them involved in it, but I wouldn't come in with full blazing, you know, <laughs> fingers pointed, like, you've done it wrong. It's horrible. What are you doing? These kids are going to, you know, if you go in with this har harassing feeling, they're going to feel harassed. So, right. Um, you want to engage them in realizing that maybe there's a better way and you might be the resource they need to find that better way. Yes. I love that. And, and often I think that that, you know, going in with that kind yet firm from that place of, of both, um, and using those I statements, if you start a sentence with you, like I just did, uh, it's, it, it almost always comes off as more accusatory than mm -hmm. if you started with I. I think you almost automatically feels like someone's pointing a finger right in your face. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, I mean, obviously we, we need to use it from time to time, but if you come in with a, a strong statement and you go, well, you did that. Mm -hmm. And you always, and you always. Yes. Yes, if that word always is in there. Or or the other one is never. Mm -hmm. You never, oh my gosh, goes right through you. It does. It does. And it like makes your heart rate go up. It makes your my shoulders tense up. Yeah. Um, you know, like just language is powerful. Um, and we have to remember that. Yep. Yeah. Becky, did you or uh Becky or Glenda, did you want to add anything? No, I just think that the, those was that was a really important point. Yeah, I agree. The Furry Princess, a tale about a princess with a tail. This children's book follows Princess Sasha, a tiger about to receive her royal tiara as she makes new friends and finds self-confidence by learning ballet. Follow Sasha on her journey to become the Furry Princess. Available for purchase at thefurryprincess.com. So Glenda, in these, in these hard conversations, what are some things that, that nannies, like, why is it so hard? Because we hear over and over again <laughs> on my podcast and in the nanny world at large, um, that it just feels harder as a nanny sometimes to like go into these hard conversations. Well, first of all, because they're afraid they're going to lose their job mm -hmm. or they're afraid that their employers aren't going to understand or they're going to make their employers uncomfortable or they might feel like their employers will feel like they're rocking the boat or they're going into an area of conversation that they shouldn't be, you know, approaching. Right. And I think that part of, a big part of it sometimes is just a lack of confidence. Right. And I think that you, when, when you have to have these hard conversations, you can't go in from a point of anger. Mm -hmm. Even if you're mad, even if you're upset, 
You have to give yourself time to calm down. You have to process the situation and you have to start in a positive place, in a place of understanding and in an, in, in a place of um, problem solving and team, you know, a, a team approach, right? Because you want to tread softly into this territory to sit, have a hard conversation. Yes. Yes. So you uh, can't just get up in the morning and go, Oh, I'm going to talk to them about that today. <laughs> you have to think it through. You have to have a plan. Yes. And I think that that is an excellent time to turn to your support network which, you know, for a lot of us is our nanny squads um, because they are, they understand our job because it is their job too. When we were talking before about once a nanny, always a nanny, because even in my nanny squad, we are not all necessarily still actively nannying, but I still go to them with <laughs> uh, concerns and things of, of sometimes it's, it's also good to just like test out am I, am I the crazy one here? Um, with your, with other people who understand, um, before you have those conversations to really like look at it from different angles and to give yourself that distance, like you were saying, Glenda, to calm down. Becky, do you have other advice about how to start those really hard conversations? Well, we talked a little bit about using those I statements. I think that's everything that's important there. I think also you can't always ask the or ask hard questions or get started into a conversation if the timing isn't right. Right. If you know this is a busy day or they're having a difficult day, that's not the time to say, hey, you have about five minutes. Um, you need to set some time aside for really those difficult, hard conversations. So um, think about that as well. I think it's okay. Always, always, it's okay to write it down and bring it with you and have it there. It shows you care. The reason why we get so nervous or fearful or upset when we have to have a hard conversation is we care. It's important. If we didn't care and it wasn't important, we wouldn't feel that way. Right. We'd be like, oh, this is fine. So if you need to write it down, write it down. Um, I would say don't be blaming people or, or assuming or assume they know what you mean and you, they, you know what they know what you mean. You need to ask questions sometimes to be sure you have clarity. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. Also, I think you've heard the ham sandwich approach. Mm -hmm. It's like your is bread filling bread. So this is great here's my problem or here's the problem or here's the issue and then finish off with something pleasant. So it is more conversational and less a blast, you know, or some kind of an argument, which is definitely not where you want to go. Cause that's not going. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that those are all really wonderful points and, um, and I do think the like preparedness is so important. I have written so many letters that I never intended to send, but sometimes that first draft of just like allowing yourself to sit down and write it and it be dirty and gross and messy um, and angry, if that's how you're feeling, writing that first draft let some of that simmer yes. in a way that you can then get to like, what do I actually want to happen here? And that's a good question to ask yourself. Yeah. Because you know, what do you want the outcome to be? Right. Because if it's just, I want them to suffer, <laughs> then that's not, <laughs> that's not okay. But I have, you know, there have been <laughs> letters that I've started in the past where I like, I get to the end and I'm like, okay, well, this was, <laughs> I just wanted to set the world ablaze. Um, <laughs> and just like, you know, we tell our kids, like, 
any emotion is fine <laughs> like to feel it's what we do with them that matters yeah. and so and don't hit send. yes and don't I never put it in it's always like in a word doc like it's never in an email don't even <laughs> tempt fate like that because um, <laughs> it just will get sent on accident if you know um so yeah I I completely agree with all of that and I do think that um really focusing on the problem is the problem your nanny family is not the problem the problem is the problem right mm. I like that um is that it's super helpful for me to keep in mind too and that you're there for the kids so you know like how is this impacting the kids like keeping all of that in mind as you go into this conversation of um you know how how is this going to end in benefit for the children yeah because everyone wants that (laughs) at least i hope so um (laughs) yeah are there are there is there anything that you feel like we missed with with those hard conversations well i when you were talking about writing the letter and sometimes you get to the end and you go oh yeah that's not really a problem but it's just something off my chest Mm -hmm. you have to choose your battles Mm. and you have to realize that no job is perfect And sometimes things just are not going to change. No matter what you do, you know, they're not going to change. So you have to approach it. When you approach a hard conversation, you just have to know that you're working that muscle for good communication and for building your relationship. And you can have an idea of how you want the outcome to be, but you're not always going to get what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and knowing your like actual boundaries around it. Yes. Um, yeah. Is also important. I think like really wrestling with that when you are in the letter writing, talking to your network, like your squad, your support group, mm-hmm. um, really asking like, if this doesn't change, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And what am I willing to do if, you know, or to not do if this doesn't change? And I would add as well, you, you talked about, you know, who you go to. Be sure that who you go to have a conversation to get some advice from them, of your nanny friends, your nanny group, your tribe, whatever, your squad. Um, be sure that those people that you've selected to talk to are going to give you real feedback right yes if you're going and posting in a group of 500 nannies a question about something that's really important to you you're going to get a whole gamut of responses and i would say quite a few of them you have to throw out yeah (laughs) they can get kind of like oh that was a very radical response to that so i think it's better to choose people who you know will be frank with you and who will be you know, that you can trust are going to be honest and fair and who have some experience that they can share with you um, so that it really makes sense. So when you do go ask them, you get something of value back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I will say this right now, I have had listeners write into me before Um, And I am always happy to help when I can or to get you the resource that would help because I've been, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time. And so I know a lot of really wonderful other people that I can either direct you to their website or whatever. And so please write into chroniclesofnania at gmail.com because I love helping other nannies. So if you are listening and you're feeling lost and you're like, I don't really have a nanny squad right now. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to help get you connected to the, the right answer. If I don't know it. Um, 
Wonderful. So what are some other things to just keep in mind as we're thinking about communication? Glenda, let's start with you. Well, I think that one of the most important things that you have to remember is that this is not about you. This is about a relationship and it's about a family. And I think that one of the things that nannies forget to do sometimes is to really step out of their nanny role and look at the parents and look at their situation and look at their life and look at what they're doing and see their side of things when they can. Mm -hmm. Because I really think that if in order to be a good problem solver, it's really important to look at all the aspects of the problem and all the aspects of who's involved, because that's the only way you're going to get to a solution. But when you approach it as it, it it's not a who won or who lost, right? It's, you know, how are we going to work this out together? And, you know, how's this going to improve our relationship? How is it going to make the kids bet life better? Mm-hmm. How's it going to make my employer's life better? How's it going to make my job better? Because sometimes parents don't even realize that what they're doing upsets us. Right. They just, you know, this is their house. These are their kids and they come in and, you know, they might, Like maybe they get out of a meeting an hour early and they come home right as you're putting the kids down for nap. And they're just like so excited to be able to come home and see their kids. And they don't stop to think about how that's going to mess up the flow of your day. They're not doing it to mess up your day. They're doing it because they love their kids and we want them to love their kids, you know? Mm. So things like that, you know, we have to work through and there may be compromises in situations like that. And we have to remember that, you know, sometimes parents do want to spend time with their kids when we have other plans, but we just always have to look at both sides. And the other thing that we have to do is we have to say the words. Our employers are not mind readers. Right. We have to be able to speak to them honestly, and we have to be willing to listen to what they want to say back to us. And I also think it's important that, you know, we don't want to be, we want to be problem solvers, not complainers. Something that someone taught me early in my nanny career was if you're going to present a problem, present a solution. Mm. Because that sends the message that, you know, I'm not just here to complain. I'm here to fix this. Right. So I love that. I love that opening the door to of like presenting the problem, presenting your solution, and then also asking the parent, you know, what are your ideas? Like, you know, also opening that door to then bring them on board too. Because sometimes parents don't even realize it's a problem until you talk to them about it and then they go oh well I never thought about that you know so we can't expect parents to read our minds either and that's you know that's another benefit of good communication yeah yes I completely agree um Becky did you have any like you know last like keep this in mind type of things I think the I think well 100% what Glenda said 100%. Yes. Uh, the other thing, and I think we've said it a few times, you know, sometimes you just have to be okay that things aren't going to change. Um, it's their family, so. Um, but how you manage yourself, your emotions, how you communicate, how you treat them, how respectful you are, is a total model because the children are watching and they're yeah, listening. always watching. Yes. Always watching. They're always listening. And this is an opportunity for another teachable moment. So get a grip. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Oh, I did have one more question that I just don't think that we like covered outright that I do. I want to make sure that we talk about is for those like harder conversations or even if it's something that you've observed in the child that you want to talk about, like when is it appropriate to talk in front of the child versus when do you need to ask for a meeting outside of the child being there? Well, I think any discussion about the child, mm -hmm. their behavior, what they've done, any observations you have that you're concerned about, they shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. I period. Agree. Period. Um, but if it's just about the flow of the day or something like that, I don't think kids care one way or the other. Um, <laughs> There are little things that probably would, you know, come up that they can be part of. But yeah, if it's something about them that would concern them, I wouldn't say that would be, they shouldn't be there. However, that doesn't mean that down the road, as you come to some solutions, they don't get pulled into a conversation. Right. So if they're older kids, that they can share what they're thinking. Yeah. So if you, if something comes up during your day and let's say <laughs> you've got some readers on your hand, so like you can't even write it in the book. <laughs> um, how do you like set up a, a meeting time with the parent? Is that like when you send an email or I guess I'm just curious because I'm thinking about my like normal nanny day and I'm like, I don't really have any time built in because I haven't needed it yeah. right now to I, I used to just send a quick text. Okay, great. I'm great. dealing with an issue. I want to talk with you about it. When but I think know, it also depends can. on what your mode of communication is, you know. Right. But if it's something uh, fairly urgent, you know, whatever thing that they're gonna see quickest will be the best. Perfect. Yeah. And I also, I do want to say this, that, you know, the pandemic did give me this idea of sometimes like face-to-face -face is obviously the best choice, but if you and your nanny family are having a hard time, or let's say you're like in a nanny share. And so it's really hard to like have everyone in the same place, um, Zoom is actually a decent way to be able to meet after the kids have gone to bed. Um, if you're having a hard time getting a time with the parents to talk more face-to-face -face in real time. That's a great idea. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's as good a face-to-face sometimes you get. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really true. Cause like I have had that happen where I'm like, you know, there is no time that... And I also think that you have to be willing to invest. You know, you said like after the kids go to bed, you have to be willing to be available for those kinds of conversations. Not all the time, right. but when it's important, I think that I think that you have to make those concessions sometimes. Agreed. Yeah. And I think just being very real with yourself about where that balances for you, you know, if it's happening like weekly, then maybe bringing up, you know, we're having these meetings weekly. Could we talk about that at our next contract meeting or whatever? Right. And maybe you need to be having more family meetings or more parent employer meet, you know, nanny employer meetings, like if you're having them every six months, maybe you should be having them every three months so that you can, you know, have them closer together. Right. Um, and again, it's whatever works for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Because um, Becky and I were having a conversation earlier today um, about communication. And, you know, if you have good communication with your employer, it just makes life so much easier in yes. every single way makes your job easier mm -hmm. completely it really does um so i am i am so grateful to both of you for taking time to talk to us about this
Um, We're so happy to do it. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So, um, Glenda, let's start with you. Where can uh, listeners find more information about you and, you know, how to get in touch or, or anything like that? Well, they can email me at nannytransitions at gmail.com. Perfect. That's um, down in the show. I'm notes. on Facebook, Glenda Willem Probst. I, you know, I will, I will tell you that I try to always make time for nannies that are struggling or nannies that need support because I have always had incredible nanny friends and nanny mentors, Becky being one of them, that have helped me through hard things. And I hope to be that person to other nannies because, um, you know, that it's, it's very, it's important. It's so important for us as seasoned nannies to be able to support and encourage and guide the next generation of nannies. Yes. Yes. And I will say <laughs> to listeners that both of these ladies on this podcast have been that for me. So, um, they, Glenda is certainly not <laughs> pulling your leg at all that, um, that she is there for nannies, uh, cause you both are in such deep ways. So Becky, where can, um, listeners find you? Uh, they can get a hold of me uh, via email at busybeeservicesva at gmail.com. Um, and I have a section of that service my, that I do, my business. It's called The Hive. Mm-hmm. And it's just for nanny support services. Um, people who need help with like resumes, portfolios, coaching for an interview, cover letters, any of those kinds of things. A lot of people will ask me questions about, look at my resume. What do you think? I will do that for no charge. If somebody really needs me to dig down deep and help them with it, then I do have a charge, but I'm, it's a pretty minimal charge um, because I really want, I want nannies to succeed. And sometimes they just don't know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. And I do. So, and I'm also very involved with nanny transitions. So, you know, you can shoot me something over there too. <laughs> it's yes. my right hand person. I don't know what I do without her. And I yes. so appreciate it. I just kind of grabbed her and brought her along for the ride. <laughs> I find that that's like the best thing. Like when, you know, it it's like this heart conversation that happens of like your soul is speaking to another soul and you're just like, we gotta, we gotta do this together. And you two are such a, a wonderful team. We have a a lot of fun. I have to tell you. We do. (laughs) Sometimes too much. Yeah. (laughs) Is there too much fun? Um, wonderful. Well, we end each episode with a story and, uh, Becky has brought one for us this week. I did, and I, 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 this isn't cute and funny, except it's, it's, I think it's this thing of hang in there, people, keep communicating, keep your feelings up, because, you know, I was with this family for 21 years. Um, someone asked me one time, well, when do children stop sitting on your lap? Hmm. That has never happened. These children are all 30 28, 29. <laughs> um, and I, and the youngest one um, has a master's in early childhood and family studies, and she is a nanny. So oh. she just said, I want to do what you do because, and she's darn good at it. She's much better at it than I ever was. Oh, I love that so much. And that is, that's so true. I, I, uh, feel like the other day I kind of blew my nanny kid's mind uh he asked me about (laughs) like wait you get paid to do this and I was like yeah and you could too like you could take care of children too Um, and he was like what (laughs) it's like yeah yeah you could um and I was like and I think you'd be great at it so um I love that so much that um you're kind of passing the torch there too um, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. I really appreciate you taking time. Thank you. We loved being here. Thank you. 
for the platform. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. I love providing Chronicles of Nannia to you at no cost. So if you love this podcast, please consider donating by clicking the support the show link in the show notes. I also totally understand if a donation isn't the way you can show your support right now. Another excellent way to support the podcast is to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings help other nannies and caregivers around the world find Chronicles of Nannia. Also, if you love the show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is so helpful to get the word out about the podcast. And truly, thank you for listening. It really means the world to me. The Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.